This episode of Story Comic Presents is sponsored by JanusPointPress.com. Watch out for wormholes. Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 329. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're honored to have with us the internationally <laughs> celebrated, oh, <well. laughs> award-winning children's book author and illustrator, Cindy Marco. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, Cindy, thanks for coming on. That's great. I mean, I, I guess... <laughs> And so yeah, so so my daughter gravitated towards and did and then picked up sloth sloth sleuth. That is hard to say. <laughs> it's really it's hard easy to read. to read, but it's yeah. hard to say out loud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So 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 first of all, before we kind of dive in and talk about some of your books, you want to give people a little bit of background on how you kind of got into writing children's oh, books. Sure. Well. Um, I always wanted to to read ever since um, before I went to school. Even I was, I think I, um, my dad read all the time, so it was kind of like modeled for me. And uh, I, uh, I, I feel like I was reading before, you know, and I don't know whether I was actually reading or just looking through books. But I remember being so excited to go to school and learn to read. Um, mm. And even before that, I spent all my time drawing and. Um, uh, making up characters, I guess, just drawing characters. But I, I think I never realized that I could also write, you know, it didn't, it didn't occur to me that those things were related. Um, but I was really, really interested in reading and, um, ate up everything I could. Um, I, I, of course, like, I think picked it up really quickly. And, uh, when I was like in the third grade, uh, second and third grade, I wasn't allowed to read, um, our school library had this this rule that the primary kids, so grades one through three, weren't allowed to read above that. You had they had it broken into primary and intermediate, and I had really? to wait. Yeah, right. But hopefully it's changed. But um, so there were all these books that I wanted to read that I felt I was ready for because the other ones were just too, you know, like I wanted to get into longer books and bigger books, and I was told no. Um, you have to wait until you're in the fourth grade to be able to take these out. And I, I was just devastated. Um, but my older brother, Russ, uh, started taking me to the public library and we would spend like all day there on a Saturday and we'd read comics and, um, and I could take out any book I wanted. And, uh, that was a huge, huge thing for me. So I started reading, um, like, uh, I guess, you know, bigger and bigger books and just, um, a lot more variety than they had at, at school. And then uh, when I was in uh, the fifth grade, my teacher picked me to go to a young writers conference and this was in Terrace, BC. Um, wow. Yeah, and uh, and that was the first time that it occurred to me that, that I could be a writer because I'd always considered myself a drawer, right? And thought I was an artist. And then uh, when I went there, it, it, just, it just kind of like, like, you know, that whole world opened up to me because I read so much and I got to be in a workshop with Gordon Corman, who um, is a big Canadian guy. He's a big deal. And at the time, he was one of my favorite authors. I used to always get his books from the Scholastic Flyers. And 
Um, and he, he wrote his first book when he was 12, like just amazing. Right. So even then, um, he was probably like maybe 21 or something like that. He'd already had like a whole bunch of books out. Um, wow. and, uh, it was just, you know, for 10 year old me, it was pretty incredible. And ever since then, I always said, I want to write and illustrate children's books. That was, that was what I wanted to do. And I said that for years and years and years. And then, um, <laughs> At some point in my 30s, I said, you know what, I think I better um, stop saying it or start doing it. <laughs> so, so I started doing it. And uh, yeah, and now here I am and I have uh, written and illustrated books for kids. So yeah. what I love about it is like, so and, and, and you kind of even say this in here. It's like, you know, silly books for serious kids is kind of yeah. like your little <laughs> slogan on there. What I love about it is like after my daughter read the book, I read it and I was thoroughly entertained oh, good. as, you know, a 40 something year old dad, like dad, because you, what you do with it sir, is like you, and which is something that you, I don't see a lot with children's book authors and, and children's book creators is that you presume intelligence to your reader. Like you just, you just assume they get everything. And so yeah. you don't, you don't talk down to the kids as they're reading it. And you add in so much fun visualization that it's the rereadability of your books are, are immense because you, you miss something in the background. And I love how you put in like side conversations that yeah. are happening that are, <laughs> that are seemingly irrelevant to the story, which makes it feel like it really makes the reader feel like you're actually part, not even participating, but observing something like, so it's like, it gives you it, it gave it gave me the impression that the book is going to read itself if I'm not there. So it almost is yeah. like it's not it's not active participation. It's almost passive participation, like a TV show or something. So like this book's going to read. So you might as well be a part of it. So because yeah. I loved how I lo I love how like the reader is almost like witnessing it, like about like the irrelevance of the conversations that were happening around it. Um, yeah. So what 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 it kind of like inspired your style of how you wrote oh, books you know i i think i i just i always gravitated towards humor um yeah. when i was and but also like i really um really loved like like science and like just anything that was an interesting fact i think so mm -hmm. um so some of a lot of my books will have like little um little bits of science or something in them as well like just just because I find I found it interesting as a kid, and yeah. Um, but yeah, like I I loved the Great Brain books when I was young. I don't know if you're familiar with those. Um, do you know those books? The Great Brain books. Must yeah. be, you know what? It's probably a Canadian thing, Cindy. So I, I don't know. No, because actually they're based. Um, I think they're set in Utah. And oh, uh, really? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, and they're uh, I think by uh, John D. Fitzgerald. And okay. they're about his older brother, who's this genius, right? Like, so he he's the narrator of the book, but the books are about his brother. So it's almost like Holmes and Watson, right? But they're okay. kids, yeah. right? And so his his so it's it's basically I um I it never occurred to me before I just said it just now, but I think that's exactly how it's written, right? It's like a Sherlock Holmes kind of thing, but with with these kids, and uh, he's you know like going on about his his brother, but like one of I think there's like five 
kids or something, but they're like the right. two ones. Um, really fun, really like there, it's always mystery, but the, the, his brother is very much like Sherlock Holmes in the way that he sort of like uses deduction and, and just observation and puts everything together. Um, and they're, they're really, they were fun and adventurous and just, and funny, you know? Um, and like I said, I love Gordon Corman as a, as a kid, his books are just, um, hilarious or at, at least, uh, the stuff he was writing. I think he's got some more that are like, like more adventures type stories and, and things like that now as well. But, um, when I was younger, it was all like just really fun, ridiculous humor, like the, the Bruno and Boots books, if you're familiar with those. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I love Calvin and Hobbes was one of my favorites growing up. And I used to read yeah. um, like Asterix and, um, Obelix. Yeah. 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 Yeah, lots of that kind of stuff. So just things that were funny, and I like always read the the Sunday funnies. Like how how you have your pages set up as well. It just seems like you're you're agnostic to any specific frames. You're like, I need to have this many. Like it, it seems as though that there's the characters seem to come first. Yeah, it, it feels I, like it. Yeah. I I think so. I I usually um, I think when I when I conceive of a story idea it's usually the character that comes first for me and sometimes it's even the the character will come out of um just like a like a play on words or something um and but then everything else just sort of like builds around this character so is, is there a way is there like kung pao chicken and and sloth sleuth are there is there gonna be are you thinking about ever doing any like team up books or anything like that <laughs> Um, well, oh, it would be really fun to put those together. They're with different publishers, so it's probably not going to happen. But I guess I, I could do um, <laughs> my own, like, uh, just my own little comic strips and uh, see what happens there. <laughs> at, at, at some point after they stop printing it, though, doesn't those IPs revert back to you? Um, well, right now, um, I believe, like, the Kung Pao Chicken, um, I can do what like if I wanted to do my own comics for that and just put them up, I could like, that's, that's the copyright is, is mine. Um, with right. Spa Sleuth, it was originally um, IP, which mm -hmm. means like, so they approached me, they had this, this concept for the, the sloth um, okay. story, the story and all of that stuff was, was mine. They said, here's this, this concept. We want to see this like detective sloth. The, they had the, the, the title <laughs> Sloth Sleuth. And they said, so they, but it was, it was cool. Cause um, my editor, Amy had been at Aladdin when I did uh, this little piggy and she, okay. so when she had um, this come up, she contacted my agent and said, oh, I remember, you know, Cindy's and, and I hadn't um, met her, but I uh, had a different editor there, but she remembered the books. And so she approached me about it and um so i i did up like some samples and um sent them in and she said this is exactly what i want and that was that was it so um so it's interesting i'd never done a book that way before so um but like i said so like the it's that one i don't have um like i would need i think permission to do anything more with it because it's okay. I don't actually have the copyright for it, but and you just came out with the second part two of of Sloth Sleuth, the Legend of Gnawface. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that one, um, I think 
personally, I think that one's uh, even funnier than the first one. Okay. Yeah, the, first, the first one, um, I was so sick when when uh, we were working on that because it was written um, during COVID, and I had gotten COVID okay. the, the the week that everything locked down. I started getting sick, and then I okay. got really sick for oh. I think I was like in bed for about six weeks and then I had the long COVID. And so I had like, you know, just oh, wow. like headache okay. and fever and, and stuff for a really long time. So it was, it was really hard um, right. my brain to work <laughs> when we were working on, on the first one. I mean, I still, I think it turned out amazing and I, I, I love it, but I think I, I felt, um, I felt like things were easy. Like it was just easier doing the second one because I wasn't, sick anymore right right yeah. yeah um and and of course i think like after you you do the get one out of the way then the 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 format and the characters and everything just just come like like it's more they're just like second nature now i guess like you just you start to really know know them and um it was really fun to um with the the little moths that that fly around paths and and uh, have like little little quips and stuff. Well, in the the second book, there's um, a a pirate with named Fleabeard, and he has little fleas, and so now like the moths and the fleas kind of have this little dialogue going, which is was <laughs> really fun to write. Watch out for wormholes because a good book is a wormhole, whether it's paper or pixels. Explore our artist books and chat books, including the winning 2022 Chautauqua Janus Prize Lecture at JanusPointPress.com. And sign up for news of our upcoming sci-fi, sensual, and literary collection, Event Horizon. This short story collection on cosmic decisions and their impact is written by award-winning author Stephanie Nina Pizzarillos and features comics, prose, photography, an original canvas work by an array of exciting artists. Visit JanicePointPress.com. Like some of your other books kind of have more of a crayon feel to it, like crayon colored feel to it. Yeah. Well, so uh, Kung Pao Chicken and uh, This Little Piggy and then my picture book, uh, right. Gilly's Monster Trap. Those right. were all done with um, uh, watercolor and ink. And then... Uh, the, this little piggy was watercolor ink and a bit of um, colored pencil. And then okay. when um, when we were doing Slaw Sleuth, they asked me if I would be willing to to do it digitally, which right. I hadn't done before. <laughs> so, okay. I can figure that out. Um, you know, <laughs> so... So yeah, so I did um, some some quick uh, tutorials on Clip Studio Paint. Um, I'd learned <laughs> I'd learned some Photoshop and Illustrator. I took uh, graphic design, like right. you know, back in another lifetime, and uh, uh, felt like I could kind of figure some things out. It was like um, you know, that was like I think twenty years ago I had uh, right. taken that. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I figured I could figure out how to do it. Um, so I'm still, I'm still learning. <laughs> there's a, there's so, there's so much to, to learning how to, um, how to use those programs. Um, but I, Clip Studio Paint is, is fantastic. And uh, it's, uh, it's just, it's really, really made for 
like graphic novels, comics, manga, um, even uh, animation. And uh, it's it's uh, much easier, I find, uh, to work with um, than Photoshop for those things. So as you, as you were mentioning before as well, is like when it comes to putting these books together, as you say, you kind of have like a character or like a, a character idea first. And then do you script it out? Do you sketch it out? How, where do you go from the creation of an idea to script and illustration and things like that for a children's book? Sometimes if things are under deadline, you, you just have to kind of uh, dive in and, and um, usually there's like a specific order of things. If you're working um, with an editor, so with right. it, it'll be like outline, manuscript, sketches, that kind of thing. But if I'm if I'm working on something that's I'm just sort of developing and getting ready for my agent to to send out. Once I have that concept, I just I kind of let it percolate a little bit, and and uh, whenever I think of something, I, I'll write down notes. So I just kind of like get notes on things and if it's um say something like like sloth or like chickens i'll do some research right i just kind of look them up because a lot of times like the um uh, like little fun facts about these animals will give you great ideas for their personality and and like just little little uh details that you can do to make the story richer and the character funnier or things like that um, and then uh, once I kind of have um, like the, the basics of a plot in my head, like think, oh, okay, well, I kind of want this and this and this to happen. Um, then I'll, I'll do, um, usually I'll start with an outline. Um, I didn't used to, <laughs> but I've, I've learned that it's, it's uh, um, a lot more streamlined and it's a lot easier to edit your outline than it is to edit a manuscript. Right. So, <laughs> so now I'll, I'll start with an outline and just kind of, um, I think I've got to the point where depending on like the age group, I'm like, okay, well about this, about this many chapters. So then I'll kind of go through and say, okay, like this is kind of, I'll pace the book out by how many chapters I think it'll have or about that many. Mm. And then, and then I just kind of like, just keep fleshing it out and filling it in from there. And then once the outline looks good, then then I'll go to the the manuscript and um, if if it's a proposal we don't often write the whole manuscript we might write the first like three chapters and then yeah. and then I'll do the three chapters in art and then so if I'm sending a proposal out to a an editor I'll have like a full outline plus um, synopses for future books if it's a series and um you know like I'll, I'll have like character sketches and just sort of like um make it like a really nice package and just try to put in as much information as i can and then i provide like sample art and um like sample like the like i said like a manuscript like first three three or four chapters of a manuscript so that's what would would go out if i was shopping to an eight or to an editor but if i'm already working with the editor then then it's the the um, order is a little bit different or sometimes yeah. it just depends on how the they're used to working or sometimes we kind of go back and forth with you know our my process compared with their process and just kind of work out what we want to we want to do it how is your process different say from your first couple books to your latest book well you know it's <laughs> it's it's funny because like my i guess like the first books that i did that were that were published um 
it was like suddenly I had a four book deal and I hadn't even, um, you know, I hadn't written them. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and I didn't, I, you know, and I hadn't done it before and I was really scared. I was like, what if I can't do it? Like, I'll never, I'll, I'll never get another chance. Like if, if I, if I can't do what I've promised. Right. And you, you, you right. feel a little bit like you're, um, you know, like they're going to, they're going to find out that, <laughs> you don't know what you're doing, but um, <laughs> uh, my Kung Pao Chicken editor is uh, amazing. And I think she she knew when she offered that I was a brand new um, brand new author that. And so she was um, really great about walking me through the process of being a first time author. So um, mm. yeah, she's she's amazing. So that was that was um I was really lucky to have her. <laughs> and so what did you learn from doing, say, like Kung Pao Chicken that you were able to utilize uh, for like your sloth loop? Well, honestly, I think Kung Pao Chicken sort of, it made me learn how to draw really, really fast because I had to do four of them in a year. Is <laughs> oh, oh, that what it was? Okay. Four, yeah. Yeah, four of them came out. Um, so I, actually, I think it, it probably took um, about 18 months for, for me to do all four of them, but they all came out in the same calendar year. So it was, it was a really, really um, tight schedule. And right. after that, so I, I was able to draw really quickly, but I also, for a while there, I felt like it had sort of ruined my ability to slow down and draw like something, you know, like more, some of the things that I had been, I had been doing before that were more like say picture book art that was more, um, where you want to spend a long time and do lots of like effects and details and stuff. I, I, I almost couldn't do that for a while because I had gotten so like, I have to get it done. I have to get it done. <laughs> so it was just really trying to get it just as quickly, quickly as I could, because we just had to, had to make the deadlines. And um, <laughs> so right. I think I've kind of got like a, a, a good um, happy medium now though. <laughs> <laughs> and so how do you determine also is like what age level your books are going to be? Is that something that you try to aim towards or is that something like the editor determines on your behalf? Sometimes a bit of both. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll write something and I'll have like an age in mind for, for the character or, um, and sometimes either my agent, if I've sent it to her first or the editor will say, we need to, you know, just like either bring it down a little bit or age it up a little bit or something like that. Um, actually in the, the, <laughs> the first Kung Pao chicken, um, or when I, what I actually had sent to the editor was Kung Pao chicken was an adult. So he was this, this, uh, um, he was a door to door beakwack salesman and he was living, <laughs> And he's living with his mom and his nephew and, um, and, um, otherwise it was, it was pretty similar, but they had said that for, for that line, uh, they were trying to keep the, the protagonists all children. So she asked if I could rewrite it with, with him as a, as a child. And, um, and I thought it, it worked really well. So, um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so Cindy, if, if, those that are might be listening or watching this who are thinking about getting into children's books, what would be your best advice for them? Um, I would read um, as many books as you can in the age group that you want to write for, but ones that have mm -hmm. come out within the last um, five years, maybe even 10 years at the most, but a lot of people, like they think of the, the things that they read when they were kids and they're just, 
um, publishing has changed a lot since then, right? So you're not going to get a really good understanding of what editors are looking for, what publishers are looking for, even what children want to read if you're only reading books that came out, you know, 40, 50, 60 years ago. Um, yeah. Not to say that they're not still wonderful books, but it's just not going to give you a good idea of what is currently um, being published, right? So, right. so yeah, so I would read um, as much as you can. And I would, um, you know, if you're if you're an artist, um, you know, keep drawing until you're confident that your your style or your your work is um, of of good quality. You know, like when when I first started, when I was working towards publication, when that was my goal, right? When I had said, okay, this is this is what I want to do now, and um, I worked a lot on craft. I um, I read books written about writing for kids. I read, there, there weren't a, a lot of art books, right? Um, for drawing for children's books. Um, but the ones that were out there, I read those and, and I, I, you know, like did um, a lot of like online courses and things like that, just trying to learn as much as I could. And I joined a, a writing community where I could learn from others who, who knew more than me. And then mm. as I started to know more than I, tried to pass that on to others as well. Um, but I didn't send anything out for four years because I thought I can look at what I'm doing now and I know that it's not as good yet as what I'm seeing published. So, um, and, and not everybody does it that way. Some people prefer to start sending it out um, because they, they know that they can, a lot of times you'll get feedback offered, right? But, right. Um, <laughs> but I didn't <laughs> I didn't think that, um, I could handle a lot of rejections, you know, like I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to get discouraged. Um, and, uh, you know, cause people are like, oh yeah, you'll hear no 200 times. I'm like, I don't want to hear no. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so Cindy, if people want to kind of like learn more about your work or kind of follow your work, where is the best place they could go to? Oh, well, right now, I think I am, um, only on Instagram. I'm kind of waiting until the the dust settles <laughs> with um, what's been happening with uh, uh, the different social media platforms. Um, I was on Facebook for a while um, and I was on Twitter before and right. um, um, and I just I I think when at one point I had like five books do all at once and I just needed to <laughs> it needed to um, not have those kinds of distractions or feel like it was an obligation to be on there. But I know a lot of people have, have left those platforms and are, there's a few new ones that are kind of up and coming, but um, I'm, I've uh, just going to give it a little bit and, and see <laughs> whether it's threads or blue sky or, or, or whatever. Um, but right now I'm still on Instagram. So if there's anything um, that's new and upcoming, then I'll, I'll uh, share it there for sure. And you also have a pretty active, like a very well done website as well oh. that people could check out. <laughs> um, yeah. And I try to update it um, as often as I can when uh, new things come out. So um, there, I don't think there's anything that's, that's uh, out of date right now. Um, it has all, all uh, my books and um, I do have a, um, a couple more books that are set to come out in 2025. Um, and once we have covers for those, then I'll, I'll add them 
as well. You can see the um, the deal postings on Instagram though. So I have another picture book coming out in 2025. That's um, with the same publisher that that did my first one, the Gillies Monster. Okay. So and it's called um, Monster Up, um, and it okay. actually is about monsters this time. <laughs> so, oh, cool. Okay. So yeah, there's like uh, a couple of little monsters and they're uh, kind of facing their their fears together and okay yeah but again it's it's kind of funny a little uh, a little you know um my humor always leans towards um either a little dark or a little ridiculous but always fun. <laughs> <laughs> um so so it'll be another funny uh funny picture book and then uh, I have a, another graphic novel series that's um, the first one will be out in 2025 and it's called the elephant in the room and it's oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And it's like about like a, a young girl, she's seven and um, suddenly there's this elephant that she's been seeing everywhere. And she realizes when she pulls her family and stuff, nobody else can see him. So she um, decides that he must be imaginary and yeah, <laughs> So then he he kind of helps her navigate this this world that she's found herself in where um she's suddenly in a class that her friends aren't in and her her family has you know there's like she's got an older sister and two baby brothers and uh everybody's busy her mom's a writer and she's got deadlines and the dad is is uh you know busy with the the house chores and the and the babies and her older sister is goth and has no time for her anymore. And she's just, you know, and she's um, a little bit like I was um, with uh, as a as a kid with, you know, I was always like in my own head a lot. And, yeah. you know, and uh, also things like I think taking things wrong, you know, and um, misreading situations and, and stuff like that. So she's she's got uh, Mr. Elephant now to kind of help her through those things. So, um, but it'll, <laughs> it'll be very, very funny, but probably also like a little, um, I guess a little more of like, um, my, um, actual like heart into it, I guess. Right. So, so there's, yeah, there's, yeah there, there'll be some, um, things that I'm hoping that other kids will relate to. Right. Because it, it, it really I really did add like a lot of the things that I struggled with as a kid right. um, and uh, and had Mabel sort of act them out for me. Her name's Mabel Bacon. <laughs> and this seems to be like kind of like a, a story you, you've been almost like sounds like a passion project for you as well then. Um, well, you know, I think it, it turned out that way. I think when I first um, conceived of it, it was you know, I, I thought it would be really funny to write a story like that. Like I'd loved, you know, Drop Dead Fred, which was yeah. interesting. And I love Kelvin and Hobbes. And um, so it was kind of inspired by, by those things. But the more I wrote about Mabel, the more she became um, like me, I guess. So it, it, uh, it, it started out as just, just something funny, but became, um, you know, like, uh, I guess like a little more personal as I, as I really like added 
layers to it. Cindy, this has been a genuine pleasure to <laughs> chat with you. This has yeah, been so fun. Yeah, it's been really fun for me too. So yeah, yeah. When your when Elephant in the Room comes out, you should come back on the show and we can oh, talk about sure. it. I will. Yeah, it's due. I believe it's due summer of twenty twenty five. So the first one um, is called Mabel makes parentheses up a friend, and then okay. um, yeah, and then the second book will be out in twenty twenty six, and I'm hoping that there will be uh, more to follow that as well. Well, thank you so much, Cindy. Oh well, thank you. Really, really uh, excited to be here and. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's true. Yeah. Right. See. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I. I, you know, here at our local library, so at our local library, um, I picked up that my daughter picked up your book, the, the super, super, now I'm going to mess it up, I'm going to edit this. <laughs> See, I know, it's right here, here it is. Um, Sloth Sleuth. Yeah, <laughs> gonna, I know, it's hard to say. <laughs> I'm going to timestamp this. I'm going to timestamp it and then I'll edit it out and it's going to be so smooth. Okay. And people are like, look at that, Bernie's asking all the great questions. See, look at that, so smooth. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.